Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. I'm here for a Super Bowl special, a big preview. We've got a two-parter coming for you. And our part one, as you know, it's a Bengals round Super Bowl in LA on Sunday, the 13th of February. And we've managed to get a guest, a fan from each team. So part one will feature a Rams fan. And this Rams fan is very well known to the UK NFL community. Star of your TV screen, Sky Sports presenter, Hannah Wilkes. How are you? Hello, I'm so good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I sit here and I'm like, oh, you're billing me as a Rams fan. Why am I not sat here decked out? I've got nothing to hand that is actually <laughs> ramily apart from various yellow furnishings in the, my living room where I'm sat on the floor. But um, no, very excited to, uh, to be on, so yeah. Well, thank you for coming on, first of all. Um, now, we mentioned you're a Rams fan, and we like to ask every new guest um, who supports a team in the NFL the reason behind their fandom of a certain team. So, uh, as is your first time on the show, um, I want to find out from you, um, I mean, I know personally the reason why from previous podcasts I've heard you on, but for the benefit of the audience, what made you a Rams fan? This is a story I feel like I've told a few times now. I might start just kind of changing it, just for my own entertainment. Um, so, when I first started watching the NFL I tried on a few different teams besides um like a lot of UK fans it wasn't a sport I grew up watching so I sort of started watching it when I was like 21 and it just started working at Sky and was like was really excited by it as a concept so I tried on a few different teams besides um and a big factor in who I wasn't allowed to support is that one of my like dear school friends moved out to the states for college because she was a great soccer player so she got a scholarship she now lives in Pennsylvania and has done for years so she was militant she was like you're not going to support my Steelers Hannah it cannot be the Packers it cannot be the Patriots um, <laughs> like it was a whole list of like these teams yeah. that I had tried to size um and then you know I was just watching it more as a casual fan and when I really got into it was the year that the Rams were on the all or nothing documentary and I watched that documentary and you just get to know the players and the team and I think when you haven't grown up with a sport that's really powerful actually those sort of series that like you get to know the personalities um and it was right around the time they were like moving to LA and LA is a place that I love their colors were like my primary school colors and it just felt quite organic and actually it was coincided with them sort of being on a bit of a upward trajectory um so yeah it was kind of, it was it was it was down to tv it was down to one of those series really yeah, and I think you've been, I mean, I supported the Dolphins for 10 years and I've, not, I've seen us play one playoff game my entire time supporting the team. Whereas for yourself, you've been very, I think, very fortunate you've had, obviously, it's like your second Super Bowl, you've been in playoffs most years since you supported them. So you must feel like um, you, you definitely picked the right team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, I mean, it was chance, really. I so easily could have been a Packers fan, um, yeah. but I just, it felt... A bit obvious and like I say my friend Molly was like no not allowed <laughs> um and we do have a bit of division in this house my husband is a Pakistan although I think once Aaron Rodgers leaves he might join the Ramali he's very much the Rodgers kind of fandom yeah. um he basically thinks he's God's gift to mankind um yeah and I think I think that's the thing that we, the Rams have been a wild ride since I have like really jumped jumped fully in and I've seen them play in London a couple of times mm. um in that time as well which I think's you know, for a fan where your sport happens in a different country, if you get to see your team, that like furthers and fosters that that connection. Yeah. And yeah, this is the second time I'm going to watch them in a Super Bowl, all being well in the stands. I'm <laughs> hoping for a very different game and different outcome to last time, though. Yeah, because I mean, you, you mentioned then you actually go to LA, aren't you, to to um to the Super Bowl? Are you going to be at the game? Did you say? 
yeah so touch wood I keep saying that because obviously there's PCR and all that sort of hoops to jump yeah, and everyone's like yeah. chill Hannah you're fine but I'm I'm a worrier so I'm like until I get that test result <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I should be going um yes yeah, so I'm gonna be there all week so get in um Sunday so literally fly 48 hours time I get in Sunday then I'll be on Radio Row and all around LA from Monday and then yeah then at the game on Sunday because um Sky's coverage the, we've got a studio back in the UK for sort of obvious reasons just the logistics mm. of Taking loads of people out there are a bit a bit complicated at the moment. Um, so we've got Neil with Jeff and Sean, um, which those three on TV covering the NFL and Sky, I just feel at ease and comfort when I see those yeah. three in the studio together. I'm like, all is right in the world. Um, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> others are welcome as well, but those three, it's like a safe yeah. space. So they're in the studio. And then in LA, we're going to have um, Warren Moon, Calais Campbell, mm, wow. her cousins is dialing in. Then we've got Kay Adams, she'll be doing pre-game, and then Brian Baldinger will be um, also doing updates in-game from the sideline position. So, yeah, it's, re- it's a really exciting lineup. Yeah, that is some big names there. You mean you've got Calais mm-hmm. Campbell, Kirk Cousins, Warren Moon, some, some big, big names in the NFL. So, um, yeah, exactly. All, I'm big, big people. I can't yeah. wait to be quiet to feel like, hello. <laughs> yeah, Hannah's been bowing down. If you, all for all your audio listeners, Hannah's been bowing down to those names. So, um, oh, I forgot it's audio. Yeah, I'm doing the, I'm doing the phrase <laughs> with my arms and my body movements. Yeah. Um, now let's take you back a year or almost a year ago now. Um, obviously, to the end of the season, you lost to the Seahawks. No, you beat the Seahawks, sorry. Then you lost to the Packers in the divisional round. Since then, the big, big news pre Super Bowl last year was the fact that your quarterback, Jared Goff, was traded for Matt Stafford, who was number one overall pick in 2009 from the Lions. When, when that trade was announced, did you think he was going to be as good as he has been since he joined the Rams? So I'll be honest, I woke up and I think it was a Sunday morning that the news broke over here and I sort of woke up and picked up my phone because that's the first thing we all do, isn't it, which is terrible. And I saw the notification had popped up and I kind of was like, am I supposed to, what? what? And then really again, I was like, Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. And I'm not going to lie to begin with, I was like, because I'll, I'll admit, I haven't watched, because of how Detroit have played the last few years, it, they're not a team that I've watched masses of. They're not a team whose games I'd seek out highlights and look back on. Like, I, you know, I'd watch, the, watch what I needed to watch. And then I wouldn't be like, actually, I'm going to go back and watch that again. And I want to see that because they just haven't been in that conversation. Um, and when there's 16 games a week in a regular season, you can't be diving into every team all the time. So I was a bit like, I know he's made some good plays. But is he, is he the guy? So I was a little bit sceptical. Um, and I'm very happy to have been proved completely wrong and stupid, quite frankly. Um, I think it was interesting, wasn't it? Because, yeah, watching the two games we had in the playoffs last year and the final game we had as well in the regular season when Jared Goff was injured, so we had John Wolford. And I was like, oh, I'm loving the Wolford show. A Rams quarterback who's running with the ball and, you know, bamboozling a defense and like you know we'll pick it up and run with it and just like and slide for a first down I was, like, I was loving this ride um then Jarikoff did a great job in getting to that Seahawks game with a very banged up thumb or finger or whatever it was um and then the Packers game we were never going to win that but then you think okay it's it, it is just the quarterback that's that's mm-hmm. what, what we need there and then you look at the way things have developed and we started the season really well when we beat the um, Buccaneers really early on this season I was like yeah was the missing piece had that November dip bringing OBJ bringing Rob Miller 
still slide down a little bit and look at where they are now. And I think for all the pressures on the rounds, it's all in boom or bust. I think it shows that this way of building a team works, at least in the short term, right? Um, of course, they're up against the Bengals who have done the complete opposite yeah. and transformed <laughs> their franchise through a couple of brilliant first round draft picks. So there's no right or wrong. Mm. Um, but I think Matthew Stafford has done what he came to LA to do and, to, and has achieved what was asked of him and what Sean McVay needed from him. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's been a wild ride. <laughs> Yeah, it does strike me a lot of the similar resemblance to the Buccaneers season last year. You look at the home Super Bowl, uh, bringing in a star wide receiver mid-season, having that dip when they first come in and then ending the season well and getting there. So on paper, you think, oh, you know, the Rams are the favourites, but you never know in the Super Bowl, especially with the way the Bengals are playing, the momentum they have um, and the way Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have connected, a bit like Cup and Stafford, it, it really is... First of all, one of the more likable uh, Super Bowl matches, but I think also just one of the more harder to call because uh, you, you, we can all say you know, that the Rams defense is going to pick apart this O-line, but then the Bengals defense against the second half against the Chiefs and the Titans just completely um, excelled and then they completely outdone what everyone thought they were going to do. So you have to be worried about that. And their defense is no... Is no um, it is no easy feat. I mean, um, Trey Hendrickson, Hubbard, Ogunjobi, Jesse Bates, uh, Mike Hilton. There's a lot of good players in this defense. It's a young team as well. So it feels to me the round is more, I think the Bengals is definitely one for the future. I think, I think the round, it does feel like with all the draft picks you've used, it does feel like this year and maybe next year as well is, is your time to shine. Because I think, you know, in three or four years with the salary cap, things may get messy without a draft pick. But I think right now you've got to take your chance because who knows, as the NFL's proved with Rodgers, everyone thought he'd make it again. Same as Marino, it's, it's not always a guarantee. So you've got to hope that this is obviously, this, this is the moment for yourselves. Um, and of course, one thing that you mentioned before just then, the OBJ edition was another one that was coming in with sort of mixed opinions. For myself, mainly I was sort of on the against OBJ side, but I know a lot of people that were pro-OBJ. Um, he's completely proved me wrong. Um, and looking at his stats now, he's got a total of 541 yards and six touchdowns in the regular season and the postseason for the Rams. So he's been, I think, a breath, a breath, a breath of fresh air for the Rams. I mean, he's come in. I think he's proved to us that whilst he's not the number one guy, he's proved that he can still excel as the number two. And I think that he's been a really good addition to yourselves. Um, what were your thoughts on him when he moved in? Were you happy with the move? Were you like... Oh, I'm not sure. He's a bit of a diva. He had a bad time at the Browns. How are you feeling when, when you did trade for um, OBJ? When OBJ left Cleveland and the way he did, you know, it's very easy to get caught up in the media narrative. And one thing that became abundantly clear very quickly from his former Giants teammates and from the Browns is that no one in those locker rooms had anything bad to say about him. So this narrative, oh, he's a diva, he's difficult. Well, well that is media constructed. And look, at I say this as part of the media. Um, you know, because the guy will be wearing a Richard Mille watch on the field and just taking the foot line because it looks cool. That stuff. It, it builds a narrative that is perhaps false. I think what is abundantly clear is for whatever reason, Cleveland wasn't working for him and it wasn't a happy place for him. He's an LA guy. He's friends with a lot of the guys already on the Rams team. He spends a lot of time there in the off season. And, you know, he's clearly happier 
and it's yeah. showing on yeah. the field. Um, I think as well, you know, you know, he got signed, and from my understanding, it was made very clear to him that it's Cooper Cup, it's Robert Woods. You're coming in as wide receiver three. We need you in these situations. But if you get open, Matthew Stafford will get you the ball and you are the third guy to these two because Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were a phenomenal one and two pairing. Particularly last year, they led the league in, in yards off the catch. And I think it was made abundantly clear that, that, that this is where you are. And he was like, yeah, cool. Two days before his first game of eligibility for the Rams, Robert Woods goes down. So that completely changes the story, the narrative. And, you know, his first game was not impressive. His first month with the Rams, even six weeks, maybe even two months, wasn't that impressive. You could see he wasn't finishing his routes. He wasn't quite sure of things. But it takes time, right? It takes time to learn a new playbook, connect with a quarterback. I mean, you, you just talked about how great Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford have connected. But they had the whole off-season mm. and training camp to foster that relationship and connection. So I am... Fully here for OBJ. I think he's been, like you say, a breath of fresh air. It's great to see someone who was so um, so highly rated get back to achieving and playing at his best. Um, and one thing I will say as well, and I keep wanting to make this point to a lot of people. I'm sorry, my cat's just <laughs> in and stuck her head in a glass of water. Are you thirsty? Do you want it? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I can't have it now either. Um, one thing that um, I keep wanting to put out is that in the Sean McVay era, the, the Rams, she does want it now, the Rams have had um, the second most or one of the most amount of overall draft picks in the league. Just because they're not taking the first round doesn't mean they're not finding great quality mm. in the draft. I mean, look at Scott, who was playing safety and had a great game against the 49ers at the weekend. They drafted him fifth, maybe even seventh round. They train these guys up on special teams and then they make the move across. You know, Cooper Cup wasn't a particularly high draft pick all the rest of it you know what I mean so there's for all that they don't have a first round draft pick for me watching the way this team develop players mm. it's not as scary a prospect because very rarely do you do what the Bengals have done and mm. strike absolute gold with your first round draft pick particularly at the quarterback position like that it's so rare this that's why we're like Joe Burrow my god you know second year first round draft pick and he's going to be at the Super Bowl that's not happened like it's it's phenomenal so it doesn't worry me too much, but it's a very, you know, it's a popular storyline and narrative. Yeah, I think. That's as well. One thing I will say with the cap space, I think from next season, Jared Goff's salary no longer comes under the Rams cap. Todd Gurley's finally off the books. Okay. So there is actually some space freeing up a little bit. Probably not quite enough, but you think got OBJ on a cheap deal. Like what he's getting yeah. paid for half season. Obviously now there's been huge win bonuses. And they're at the Super Bowl, but he was he was a cheap get, a cheap get because of the promise of we're, we're going in for a Super Bowl this year. And once you got that ring, you're set. And do you think you'll you'll pay him? Do you think you'll keep him for next season, or do you think he'll go somewhere else? I hope he stays. I think put it this way: after this season, I think Andrew Whitworth is probably done. He's playing a Super Bowl at age forty. There's only so much your body can take. I wouldn't be surprised, if, especially if the Rams win. I mean, we know Eric Weddle's going back to his normal life um, for February the 14th. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Von Miller, if he wins another one, maybe calls it a day. Like, I think, I think there'll be some people that move on. 
um, naturally. I think the, you know, the Rams aren't afraid to get rid of other play, people. Like, I mean, they got rid of Sean Jackson to do the OBJ trade, and he was playing great for us first of the season. So it's mm-hmm. a fairly ruthless organization in a lot of ways. There's not a lot of sentimentality there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll do everything they can to keep him, unless Snead is clearly a genius at working out those books. Yeah. I think, yeah, we mentioned before about a lot of teams do waste their first round draft picks. I mean, you've seen teams tank and then they actually pick players that aren't the best. And the Browns have been the best example of that the last 10, 15 years until recently. So I think there is definitely logic, I think, in what the Rams have done in that front office, the fact that to win now, I mean, it's all good getting these prospects who are good in college, but then there's no guarantee they're going to succeed. But I think if you can, you, you can get established NFL players, I've always said this, if you can get, I'd, ra- I'd much rather not have a first round draft pick like I know obviously before the stuff came out I was hammering for the Sean Watson trade I was sort of saying that we had had a good team all he did was a quarterback and I think you know I would have definitely been in favor of that before the stuff came out I would have been in favor of you know using these draft picks and doing that I think for even Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson I'd be all for giving up some first round draft picks if it means getting a player that is established whereas take the risk with someone from college there's there's no guarantee they're, they're going to succeed. So I think the Rams have done a, have shown the NFL, I think, the perfect model on how to how to build a team quickly and one that's going to win straight away. Um, I think but- you have to bear in mind as well from like the fans' perspective, especially for a team like the Rams, who've also got the Chargers in town, who got Justin Herbert, and that kid is a really yeah. good football player and there's a lot of potential there. They've got to capture the market. They've got to capture the, the hearts of, of people in Los Angeles quickly. Um, and I think as well, you know, I've said this a few times. I said this before the playoffs. I was like, as a Rams fan, I would rather know we were going all in to win now mm-hmm. than sit around for a rebuild. And I did an event um, that you were at earlier this week yes. with Jason yeah. Bell. And he said he himself said, if you're in a locker room and you've drafted a new quarterback, um, a draft pick and you've got the older guy and they bring in the like the rookie early on the whole locker room goes okay we're not trying to win this year like it has an impact like and that's not to say that that's the case with every rookie quarterback but there are those sort of team management issues and those perceptions outside the locker room as well of like okay but like the 49ers for example if Trey Lance you know it can it stayed healthy that clearly is not a year they're going for the Super Bowl all out like they tried to do this year and got pretty darn close yeah, I mean, I know we weren't intending to go there, but of course, look at us last year getting, you know, that's probably what what Jason Bell was referring to, but the fact that, you know, they got what they we dropped two and we put we dropped Fitzpatrick, sorry, and put in Tua. I mean, again, I doubt we were looking to win, but I think again, that can't have been a good scenario for the dressing room if um, you know I who, think I think Tua gets a really I think he's getting if you actually look at his numbers now that he's played 17, 16, 17 games, he's doing fine like he's not yes there's a the whole you could have got Joe Burrow you could have got Justin Herbert blah 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 blah. but I do think the kid gets a lot of stick and I don't know that it's entirely valid because there's been so much you know underlying Brian Flores you got through four or five offensive coordinators that's not yeah. helpful to a rookie quarterback so I don't put it all on the kid like look at what's happening around him um let's look at the game itself the Rams against the Bengals um in terms of the stats of this game, looking at the offense in the regular season, the Rams were fifth overall in passing yards, Bengals seventh. Both were um, 
sort of in the in the 20 to 30 position mark for rushing yards uh, and then also for points scored they're both tied for seventh um, and then looking at the postseason the Rams had 168 more passing yards and 12 more t- total points than the Bengals and both the Rams and the Bengals had the same amount of rushing yards with 283 and then when it comes to defensive wise the Rams was 22nd in passing yards allowed the Bengals 26th uh, the Rams were sixth in rushing yards allowed uh, the Bengals fifth and then in terms of the total points allowed, uh, the Rams had were 15th and Bengals were 17th. Um, and then in terms of the postseason as well, the Rams were second uh, overall in total yards allowed per game. Uh, and Bengals were ninth. The Rams were third last in, um, no, were third from last in, uh, hang on a second, my writing's terrible here. They were first in- Wait, I have a research guide to hand. What do you want to know? I've got 89 pages of- uh... Of, of Super Bowl matchup stats. Okay, Basically, second. they're really evenly matched. Yeah, that's pretty much what I found out. I mean, all the thing here in the postseason, the Rams had the, were first in rushing yards per game allowed. Bengals were tenth. Uh, Rams were second least in total yards. Uh, had the second least total yards per game allowed. With the Bengals were ninth, and stuff like that. So I think. It's tough because I think on paper, again, I mentioned before, on paper the Rams are the favourites, but the momentum of the Bengals is really, really hot. And I think, you know, the connection of both our receivers and the quarterbacks will be will be key in this game. And I think if you can stop one of them, but that comes back to OBJ, I mean, and, and T Higgins for that matter. I mean, we, we, we can easily see Cooper Cup and um, Jamar Chase both double teamed in this game. So I think this game, I think both teams are really good at rushing, at stopping the run. So I think we, will, we won't see much, I don't think, from from uh, Mixon or Kamakers, but I do think when it comes to the pass game, the biggest key will be um, how the second choice and third choice receivers play, so the likes of OBJ, T Higgins, and people like that. So I think, yeah, and I think defensively as well, I mean, the O-line is clearly better from the Rams, but our defense of the Bengals plays hard and they fight hard for their team. So in terms of the game itself, I really don't know who to pick. I think everyone's thinking the same thing. You don't have to pick anyone. Here's the great thing, right? Here's the great thing. And this is why I love the Super Bowl. Because actually, when it comes down to the Super Bowl, all those stats, done what in the regular season, even the postseason, it's all completely irrelevant to a a point, especially with this matchup. Because we know both these teams are playing great. We know both these teams have on-fire wide receiver weapons, um, good running games, we know the Rams' pass rush is stacked. We know the Bengals' defense can make big spots in big, like big stops in big spots. Is what I'm trying to say. So, I think, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with this matchup. Even as a Rams fan, I'm kind of like, obviously, I want my team to win. But yeah, yeah. The story and the journey the Bengals have been on, you know, I'd much if if it was Rams Chiefs, for example, and the Rams lost, I'd be fuming. Rams Bengals, if if because I think it's going to come down to literally like the final possession. Mm. It's going to be three like a three point game. Like there's there's a, such a scenario of Evan McPherson with that ball yeah. on the spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, or Stafford has the ball in his hand. Like you know what I mean? Like I think it's going to be a, a great game because I think both these offenses are going to put points on the board. I think I think I think it does come down a little bit to the trenches because you know the Bengals O line is not good. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow took so many sacks in that Titans game. And I mean, he did a blooming good job escaping pressure and shaking off Chris Jones from his ankle in the Chiefs game. Um, but I think when you've got Aaron Donald and Von Miller, 
and the rest of that rams pass rush mm-hmm. like Greg Gibson got a left phrase and i'm here singing his song because i'm obsessed with this kid um there's that physicality eventually there's only so many times you can escape mm-hmm. it and you mentioned you know that's going to come down to wide receiver two and three t higgins was the most productive receiver mm-hmm. on the field in the afc championship game um but jamar chase still made the touchdown <laughs> needed to because he's got that physicality and you can double team him but he can still get he can still get free and the accuracy and their connection is so good that he can still catch that ball um so i think it's going to be a really tight game i think it's going to be offensively an entertaining super bowl which i think is for yeah. the most part what we want right you look back to last year and the, the buccaneers did such a job on patrick mahomes that it wasn't the most entertaining of yeah, of matchups yeah. like it just wasn't a thrilling game and it quite often after the division round after the championship games the Super Bowl can be a bit more of a yeah. slog because yeah. as much as the teams want to win they also play really hard to not lose so the game plan yeah. is different I think the Bengals have an advantage in that none of their guys have been here before and they've got no fear they yeah. don't know how to lose they've not lost a postseason game as a group um, mm-hmm. and that counts for a lot but then I think there's a lot of guys on the Rams team that are so hungry. And bearing in mind they were in it four years ago, three years ago. I'm very bad at that. Um, yeah. Three, 20, yeah 2019. Yeah. 20, yeah. 20, yeah. So it's second yeah. time in four years. They were back, they were here three years ago. I should know. I was there. Um, <laughs> and I think there, there are actually very few guys on the Rams team who'll be on the field that have got the ghost of Bill Belichick and that Patriots loss haunting them. Obviously, Aaron Donald, but he was severely banged up in that game and had little to no impact. Cooper Cup was hurt. He didn't play. There's been a lot of churn, really, amongst the Rams. It's, it's mostly Sean McVay. And, it, and he said himself, not long after that game, like he, he, he didn't prepare well. He over-prepared. So I think he's learned a lot there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I think it's going to be a great game. Obviously, I want the Rams to win, yeah. but I really can see this going either way. And it's a great story either way because there's some guys in the Rams setup that it's like now or never Aaron Donald needs a ring right mm. in his career everything else he's achieved is irrelevant yeah. um, and the Bengals is a great story too so football's the winner here Andy it, re- it really is and um, before we go into your prediction a little fun fact I want to tell everyone on the podcast um, I went into Paddy Power the other day just to um, look at some Super Bowl bets I other checked- betting companies are available <laughs> yeah I, I don't know which one's your meaning, your meaning. Um, <laughs> um, but I did look up, so I had this little thing on my top, my bottom left saying my bets. And I came across, I'd completely forgotten I'd done this. I bet about four months ago, I put a five on the Bengals to win it all. It was 90 to no, one. No, you didn't. Yeah. We need the split for we don't believe you. I'll, I'll try and find it now. Where's my phone? Um, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I think I bet, did bet on the Jags as well. So I think I just bet on two other teams. And <laughs> Were you just... drunk? <laughs> I, I may have been. I don't, I, I, I'll see if I can show on the pod now. I'll try and get that. For the, yeah, if I show you that now, I don't know whether you can see. I don't know whether how clear it's obvious. I can't see a date. You also bet on Derek Henry to do something. Win the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> that went badly. No, but that one didn't go as well. I mean, yeah, it says potential. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I'm not normally someone to promote gambling but I think in, the, in this case like to be set for a very good end tonight um but yeah in terms of the game itself um this is the crunch time now for you Hannah we want to get your score prediction um I appreciate it's a week before the game starts so things may change in terms of injuries COVID uh many things may come into fact COVID no longer exists in the NFL so <laughs> and actually that's what's interesting with these two teams is that um 
they've both two teams that the Rams had a few guys that had to sit out a little a little while, but their team was fully vaccinated, so they all came back quickly. And the Bengals haven't really been affected by COVID this year because, to quote Joe Burrow, there's nothing to do in Cincinnati. So I do think that is mm-hmm. interesting. And although like it's not the headline like it was last year, I do think that still played a part on who's in the big dance and who's mm-hmm. still swinging. So my score prediction, it's really hard. Like I said, I obviously want the Rams to win. I think I think I'm not going to put numbers on it because it's still too early. But I think it will be a one score game, whichever way it goes. It will be and close. I think for who? Close. <laughs> I have to say the Rams. Yeah, yeah. You got to you got back but, the team. You got to back the team. But, got um, to. Got to. Yeah. <laughs> and I will give my score prediction in part two with our Bengals fan. Um, so um, that is the end of part one. So uh, thank you, Hannah, very much for being our Rams fan on the pod this week for this Super Bowl special. Um, so obviously you'll catch Hannah and the whole Sky Sports team on on your TVs on Super Bowl Sunday on the 30th. And every day on Super Bowl week, we've got Inside the Huddle, Ooh. 9 o'clock Sky Sports NFL. Do check that out as well. Right, we're going to head to part two now. But before we do that, let's hear some predictions from previous guests on the podcast. All right, lads, Steve here, one of Andy's co-hosts on the Hairdryer Treatment Podcast, which I'm sure uh, Andy will be able to you know, link to you in the description. Uh, big NFL fan, big Eagles fan, um, big fan of the underdog whenever there's a Super Bowl. Uh, unfortunately, I think this year, maybe a little bit too early for the Bengals. I think the Rams have got the best defence in the league. I think Stafford's due after all the years of suffering at the Lions, and I'm expecting this to, to turn out... Mm, 2420 to the Rams. All right, out of the way. Best of luck, lads. Hope you enjoy the game. Hey guys, George here from George on Sports, and we're going to talk Super Bowl 56. Regardless of who you're rooting for, this is bound to be a great game. Two great quarterbacks, two great franchises, and two great stories. The Rams on offense have it all going on. Stafford at the helm, OBJ, Cooper Cup, and Van Jefferson all worthy targets of, of receiving the ball. And then you have guys like Cam Makers who just clicks everything together. Their defense is stacked, as we all know. They've gone all in, haven't had a first-round pick for some years and don't have another first-round pick until 2024. Um, guys like Floyd, Gaines, um, Von Miller, who, who they traded for, and obviously Aaron Donald, it's bound to be you know bound to be a great game. Then you look at the, the Bengals. Joe Burrow has the mantle and steel to get it done. Regardless if, regardless if they're down 21-3, to three, as we've seen in, in the game against Kansas City. But when you have guys like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, who are both under the age of 25 and have already topped 1,000 yards in the regular season, and then you throw in guys like Tyler Boyd, hopefully CJ Uzama is fit. Then you look at their run game as well. Joe Mixon, Samajé Pirine. Uh, they, ha- they, ha- they have everything they need. Um, they have a young and up-and-coming defence. Guys like Hilton in the backfield, who's great. Um, Bates as well, who's another great another great player, and obviously their their defensive coordinator knows what he's doing. For me, my pick goes with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think Joe Burrow has the steel and mental to get it done, and the fairy tale story continues. Um, you know they they've they've proven a lot. Nobody expected them to get here, and so I feel like they're going to play loose. They don't have the pressure that the Rams potentially have. You know, with everything that they've done and the picks and and you know trading for Stafford. But for me, it's, it's got to be the Bengals. I'm staying in the flames. I have done for, for the last six or seven weeks now. So credit to Zach Taylor and the team. Go in the big one. Who day? Hey, 
What's up, people? My name is Javan, and we're here. We're here at the game of games after a dramatic postseason. We finally come, we've reached the pinnacle of which is the Super Bowl. And this Super Bowl is a very, very weird one to say the least because it has two teams that I didn't even think would be on here. We've got Joe Burrows, Cincinnati Bengals against Sean McVay's and Aaron Donald's LA Rams. Obviously, the Rams have been here before in 2018. Cincinnati ain't been here in a long time. And I'm going to go with the score prediction of the Bengals winning 24-18 and my player of the game being Jamar Chase. Hi, everybody. This is Nat Coombs from the Nat Coombs Show. Um, This Sunday, I'll be anchoring the Super Bowl coverage on the BBC. So we're on air, BBC Two at 11 o'clock. We flip over to BBC One for 11.30. You want to be joining us from the gun from 11 o'clock. Me, O.C., J-Bell, F.A. Abada. How about that for a lineup? One of the four of us never played professional football. You can have a guess as to which one of the four that is. How about prediction time? Well, it should be the Rams, shouldn't it? I mean, at pretty much every level, it makes total sense. They're going to dominate in the trenches, particularly on the right-hand side of that Bengals line. I think if they line up, Donald and Miller, that could get messy. I think they'll be able to shut Mixon and the run game down. They've got Jalen Ramsey. Either he takes out Jamar Chase or they double Chase and they put Ramsey on T. Higgins, which will neutralize him to a significant degree, I think. It doesn't seem to look good across the board for the Bengals. However, however, that's exactly how the Bengals like it, right? Joe Burrow and co. have been rolling this way all through the playoffs nobody's given them a chance pretty much each of the games they've been playing certainly the titans and the chiefs matchups so they will revel in the underdog status and would i be surprised at all if we're waking up on monday morning talking about the bengals as the super bowl champs i really would i cannot wait for this game this sounds like i'm totally sick on the fence i'm gonna go rams for the win but I love Joe Burrow and the Bengals and what they've done. And I think they will be back. I think they've got a better chance of being back before the Rams do. How about that for a prediction? So the Rams to win on Sunday, but maybe the Bengals to lose the battle, but to win the war. Hi, Andy. It's Fred from Third and Goal Podcast. Um, just Giving you my Super Bowl prediction, I think that unfortunately for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, this might just be a step too far right now. Um, going to back the LA Rams on this one, I just think they're more complete and they're sort of ready to ready to win. Um, but at the same time, if the Bengals were to pull off a surprise, I'd be much happier about that. Matt Stafford does have a mistake in him, and that's what you've got to look for. The 49ers failed to take advantage of an easy INT um, the other night. So uh, if the Bengals can do that, then there's every chance. But I am going to go LA Rams. Thanks. Hey, Andy, it's Luke from the Hairdryer Treatment Podcast, an occasional guest on your pod. Um, I've got the Rams this weekend. I think the defence will basically shut down the Bengals, much as I'd like to see the Bengals win. Um, but I do think the Rams are going to take it, and probably by seven. So, uh, But I can't wait anyway, and I'm pretty much a sport neutral. So whatever happens, I'll be delighted. Cheers.
Hi, this is Lee from Britjad Podcast. My Super Bowl prediction is... Hi, this is Lee from Britjad Podcast. My Super Bowl prediction is 31 to the Bengals, 28 to the Rams. I really like the Bengals and what they've done this year. And to be honest, it gives me a lot of hope being a Jags fan that, you know, it, it, we may not be that far off of actually being in playoff contention again. So I'll be rooting for the Bengals. Um, I, I like the Rams and I think Stafford is great and they've got some real good weapons on their defensive line, like Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Um, but being a Jags fan, it, I just find it a bit hard to root for Ramsey getting a ring, to be honest. So, yeah, 31 to the Bengals, 28 to the Rams. I think Joe Burrow gets a gets his first Super Bowl ring. Of I reckon he'll get a few over his career, so we'll see. Hey guys, this is Rob from Third and Goal Show. Just checking in with my Super Bowl prediction. Joe Burrow and the Bengals offensive line will have the work cut out against a formidable Rams pass rush and getting the ball out of Burrow's hands quickly is going to be the key for them. The Bengals have won some games this year, including when Burrow was sacked nine times. So if they can get the ball to Jamar Chase quickly and establish a run game with Joe Mixon and the defence can turn some, force some turnovers, then I fancy them to win this one. My prediction for the game is the Bengals 27, Rams 24. Hello guys, this is Freddie Hall from the Franchise Tag Podcast, the host of the Franchise Tag Podcast. Super Bowl week, it's Cincinnati Bengals with the LA Rams. I've got the Cincinnati Bengals winning 24-19 to against the LA Rams. I think that Joe Burrow offence is going to have fireworks at the SoFi Stadium. It's going to be a hell of a night. Enjoy it and enjoy all the Super Bowl and hopefully it'll be a real exciting game. Let's go Bengals. Hey Andy, it's Sam from Sportsheads. Uh, my prediction for the Super Bowl, um, LA Rams are going to try and blow them out of the water in the first half, I believe. Um, they've probably got more of the experienced team there to, to try and do so. However, unless it is completely dead and done at half time, we know that Cincinnati Bengals are a second half team. Jamal Chase, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, the rest of that team have no pressure in going into this game. No one's expecting them to be there. And I tell you what, if the Rams do not get that job done in the first half, I think we'll be seeing Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow and the rest of those LSU boys partying all the way through to the next season um, with a nice Super Bowl ring on their fingers. Hey everyone, it's Adam here from the Franchise Tag and I'm here with my prediction for this Sunday Super Bowl between the Bengals and the Rams. Now, anyone who's been listening to the Franchise Tag over the last few months knows that I have been fully on that Bengals train and I'm not going to give up on it now. Uh, Joe Burrow has been amazing, Jamar Chase, T Higgins have been great weapons for him along with Joe Mixon. The O-line is worrying and obviously going up against players like Von Miller and Aaron Donald, it's going to be tough for them. But, you know, the Titans sacked him nine times and he kept getting up and got that win. I think the fairy tale is going to continue and all of us over in the UK, we always love an underdog. So hopefully Joe Burrow gets it done. I think it'll be quite tight. I'm going to go for 27-21 to the Bengals and I think it's going to be a really good Super Bowl. 
Hi guys, this is Sam Moore. So you may remember me from a, a couple of times on a podcast this season. I'm here for the same reason that everybody else is here, obviously. I'm here to predict the Super Bowl. And um, what a game it's going to be, man. It's going to be a great game. We're going to see Sean McVay and Zach Taylor. <laughs> you know, Zach Taylor was in the Sean McVay system for a little bit. It, you know, Obviously, that's why he got the Bengals job. So obviously, it, is he going to produce an antidote to the offence? It's a bit different from when he was there, though, so maybe not. Uh, you've you've got Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford, two not elite yet, but in the sort of tear down from elite quarterbacks. I'd probably say I'd probably say Burrow is a better guy, but in my opinion, the Rams are the better team, and uh, that's why I'm going to pick the Rams to win in this game. I think it's going to be a close score, probably 28-21, so just within one score. One thing to note is uh, CJ Uzama is back in this game, but I don't think that'll be enough, or could be back even, but I don't think that's going to be enough because. Yeah, the Rams. What it comes down to, the Rams have been here before. They've tasted the heartbreak, and they're gonna. They want to come back stronger. They don't want that to happen again. They don't want to be the Bills. So, um, yeah, I think I think the Rams are gonna <laughs> are gonna win this game. And yeah, I think Sean McVay is gonna win a Super Bowl. I think he's a better coach ultimately, and uh, that will win it for the Rams. Rams house. So that has been all of our guests from this series. You've just heard with their predictions. And of course, one of the, voice, the voices you heard was Nat Coombs. And the, um, also the brains behind this podcast is here for part two. So for our Bengals part of the pod, we are here with um, TalkSport producer, producer of the Nat Coombs show, Ollie Thornton. How are you, mate? Andy, as you well know, I am absolutely brilliant. I'm out here in LA. I'm currently in the convention centre where Radio Row is. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Radio Row, but it is basically a place where in Super Bowl week, 130 radio stations come and all broadcast from one room. It's like a big school hall, but times that by 10. You've got all of the different broadcasters. You've got the Pat McAfee show here. You've got NBC here. You've got Fox Sports here. They all come and broadcast from one room for the whole of Super Bowl week, which means, obviously, that you get all of the stars walking around. I mean, I was doing Edge Rush on the Nat Coombe show earlier today. Who's walking past me? You've got Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver, McCall Hardman. You've got legendary running back, guaranteed to go into the Hall of Fame, Adrian Peterson. I had my Alan Partridge moment as I shouted, Austin, Austin, as he went past me, but it was Austin Eckler. People, (laughs) there is stars walking around everywhere. Everywhere you go, you just see people. It is absolutely brilliant. I'm having an incredible time. It's bright sunshine outside, but sadly I don't get any opportunity to go outside because there is still a lot of work to be done. Obviously with all those people walking around, it means that I have to constantly be going up and asking them whether they've got five minutes to chat to whoever and doing all sorts of things and networking all of that, all of that shebang and making radio, producing shows, the whole thing, Andy. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm not sleeping much, but God, it's a great time. Absolutely worth, absolutely, absolutely worth the um, sleepless nights for things that I mean. Exactly. I've seen Radio Row from years gone by. Uh, it was a great shame last year that wasn't the thing, really. But um, I, it looks amazing. And I, I hope one day this podcast can lead me to um, doing things like that in the future. So, and you, and Vegas, and you were in Vegas as well, weren't you, for the Pro Bowl? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was in Vegas for the Pro Bowl. Uh, I can't believe I was there. It was absolutely brilliant. I'm a poorer man, Andy, after leaving Vegas, it has to be yeah. said. But at the same time, it was an incredible week. We got to see, I think the Pro Bowl, the best thing about going to the Pro Bowl is definitely not the game. That's for sure. <laughs> the game, no, the game was an absolute farce. 
I wouldn't recommend it. We weren't really watching it when we were there. But what was amazing was the stadium, the build up to it. So what we got to do is we got to go to all of their training sessions, all their practice sessions. Yeah. And again, you just you go up. So Cam Jordan comes over. He is one of the nicest guys mm-hmm. I've come across in sports media. He comes over. He's so friendly. has a chat with us. Obviously, it's reported that New Orleans Saints are going to be coming to London next season. So he was talking to us about that, talking about how he wants to go and see his beloved Manchester United. Oh, we got to no. To, I know. Oh, sorry. I no. know. Sorry, Andy. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> I had to uh, I had to bring that up. But it's Cam Jordan. So you're not, you're not going to argue with him, I don't think, at the same time. He is huge. He is absolutely massive. But no, got to see all of the stars of the NFL. I had a great chat. Jonathan Taylor came across. Really nice wow. guy. So yeah, it was, abs- it was absolutely brilliant. But and got to walk down the strip, got to see the whole of Vegas, ate some amazing food. But yeah, Poorer for sure, as I lost quite a lot of money <laughs> on the uh, blackjack tables, and definitely also about ten times fatter because the portion sizes out here, Andy, are a joke. They're absolutely ridiculous. They brought me. I tried to order a salad once, and genuinely, this salad is the kind of salad you know you see at weddings, which would feed a whole <laughs> sort of wedding. But instead, it's just for one person. I don't know how they're not all obese, but obviously, quite a few of them are, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went, I've been to Florida with a family just years ago, like 2009 time. And when I remember like, the shock we had when we first got to a restaurant, I think it was Applebee's. And um, literally, the food we got was insane. I mean, we ordered what we thought was a small portion, something on the side. It looked like an actual meal in itself. It's, it was just insane. But as a food lover myself, I can't really complain about that. So, yeah, no. I do hope to get back there at some point and have some more food. Um, of course, for you, Ollie, um, not only are you going to the Super Bowl, you are also seeing your team playing their first Super Bowl since the 1980s. Um, so, first of all, um, we, I was there for the uh, Rams-Bengals London game 2019, the year where you went, it had two wins all year round. Yep. Um, did you ever think, watch, I don't know whether you were there for that game, when that game was on, did you ever think that in two seasons' time you'd be there in the big game? Uh, well, we were 0-8 going into that game, so I think not. If you had told me that we were going to make the Super Bowl at that moment, I would have thought you were absolutely crazy. But I think that is exactly why the NFL is such a brilliant league and such an encapsulating league, because it does promote parity. Definitely not in the same way that we get with sports in the UK. Obviously, everyone talks about Leicester City, the 5,000 to one win but at the same time like I don't think we'll ever see that again certainly not in our lifetimes whereas in the NFL it is possible because when you are the worst team in the league you get the opportunity to get some of the best players and you look at when we only had two wins in that season that you're talking about we had the number one pick who did we get Joe Burrow clearly going to be one of the best quarterbacks in this league for the next 10 to 15 years who did we get with the first pick in the second round of that draft t higgins arguably one of the top 10 wide receiver two we have in this league so it gives them the opportunity to turn the organization around but just to do it this quickly to go from winning six games in two years to then going to the super Bowl the next season is unprecedented even for a league such as the nfl which does promote parity so no to be the answer to your question that is i had absolutely no idea that we were going to be going to the super bowl within two years of that moment of that London game. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And that is why the likes of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, 
what we've done on the defensive side, Leon Arumo deserves so much credit for what they've done because you can't be underestimated how difficult it is to turn around an organisation as quickly and as sensationally as they have done so. Yeah, and I think as well, it's actually been a really good thing for you guys for the Barrow injury in a way, because I mean, if Barrow played the whole season, he's playing so well last year when he was playing. There's no way you'd have had that, was it fifth or sixth overall pick to get Jamal Chase? There's absolutely no way. So I think in a way, even though at the time it was horrible, um, I think actually it's probably it's really helped you guys because you would have probably had the 10th, 11th, 12th pick. You may still have got Devonta Smith. You may still have got a, another wide receiver, but to get someone like Chase, who is definitely going to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year tonight. Uh, we're recording this podcast on a Thursday night. NFL, NFL honours are tonight, and I see no way how you can't pick Jamar Chase. He's been absolutely phenomenal. One of the best rookie seasons I've seen from any position, not just wide receiver. I mean, he's just been electric. So I think them two have continued their partnership on from their LSU days. Jamar Chase literally legit looks like one of the best receivers in the whole league, not just the best receiver out of the rookie class. He looks like one of the best receivers in the entire league. So he has been truly electric, and I can't wait to see how his career unfolds in the next five, six, seven years. I mean, the guy, just look at his performances in the playoffs. Okay, he only had 54 yards against Kansas City Chiefs, but he had six receptions and they were critical receptions. He scored that touchdown and that touchdown was him just going one-on-one against an experienced cornerback in this league and he just fought the ball off him. It was just a quick slant route. He just goes to the outside. It was just mano-y-mano and he comes out on top, which is such an impressive thing for a rookie. You look at what he did against the Titans, five receptions, 109 yards. You look at what he did against the Raiders, nine receptions. 116 yards for what he did in the regular season which was unprecedented breaking rookie records incredible stuff for him to then carry that over on the biggest stage that is the NFL playoffs he had 13 touchdowns this season that is absolutely incredible and what everyone always says about rookies is that the difficult thing is how much bigger the playbooks are how much difficult it is to learn those routes to get to the top cornerbacks and he has found it easily he's taken to it like a duck to water and I also don't think people talk about just how intelligent he is enough just how hard he has worked to learn this playbook to, to establish that connection well to re-establish that connection obviously they were so brilliant together at LSU but to re-establish that connection with Joe Burrow and be the man that he goes to when the critical time comes and that is quite a lot when you say that you've got Tyler Boyd who hasn't dropped uh, I don't think Tyler Boyd's dropped a catch for 160 passes now and T Higgins wow. again who has been incredible this season so when you've got those two wide receivers next to you and you're still the number one guy in your rookie year I think it just tells you how sensational Jamar Chase has been Yeah he's been truly spectacular um, Going back to your sort of fandom of the Bengals we like to ask every new guest on the podcast why they support their certain teams that they do so Ollie, what made you a Bengals fan? Andy, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because the reason why I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan was because I remember exactly where I was. I was ill from school, couldn't go into school one day, and I was lying in bed and watching daytime TV. I think my mum was out, and Hard Knocks came on the TV, Channel 4, and it was the Cincinnati Bengals and I watched it and I actually, because I was already obsessed with sport at the time, but it was mostly just cricket, football and rugby because those were the sports that I played and sort of grew up around. But what I couldn't believe was the access that I was getting to see these players, to see what these guys did in building up to a season, to see how the coaches went about their jobs, to see how the kit men went about their jobs, to see 
the players actually having so much personality. And obviously, what player has more personality than Chad Ochocinco, who was in that series? And as soon as I saw him and the character that he was, I was completely gripped. Little did I know that the Cincinnati Bengals hadn't been to a playoff game what, for 19 years till that point? So they hadn't even been, oh, sorry, won a playoff game for 19 years at that point. They hadn't been to the Super Bowl, for, as you said, since the 1980s. And little did I know that they were going to then have nothing really but pain for the next <laughs> 10 to 12 years following that moment. I'm a Stoke City fan as well, Andy, as you well know. So I seem to be able to pick the wrong team at the wrong time, for sure. But at the same time, like now, it's all been worth it. It's been absolutely sensational. Ever since Joe Burrow walked into that organisation, you felt a completely different vibe around the place. And you felt a completely different attitude, not only internally, but externally. Everyone's suddenly talking about Cincinnati Bengals. Who would have thought the Cincinnati Bengals who get mocked internationally almost weekly for not having an indoor practice facility would be probably arguably the coolest team in the NFL right now, which because of Joe Burrow and the way he looks when he walks into the organisation, I think you'd have to say the Cincinnati Bengals are probably the neutral's favourite. Yeah, I'd say as well. I think a lot of people have sort of not liked the way the Rams have sort of assembled their team. They sort of feel like um, not like sort of Mad City-ish, but I think I've seen a lot of people who aren't the biggest fan of how the Rams have just got the best players. So I think a lot of neutrals, um, maybe not the Steelers, um, sort of Ravens or Browns fans, but most people who aren't Rams fans do want the Bengals to win. I mean, my, myself as well, I want the Bengals to win on Sunday, not just that as well. I think I've also got a, I did put a £5 bet on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl back in August, but I was betting on two rubbish teams, who I thought were two rubbish teams at the time, them and the Jaguars. So for many reasons as well, I want the Bengals to win, but I think it'd be nice if they win. Wait, hold on. You put a £5 bet on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl in August? I'd actually, I actually had forgotten about it. I actually went on my um, betting app the other day. I told Hannah it's in part one as well. So apologies to the listeners, but I just put, I think I must have put five pounds on just two rubbish teams. I put five pounds on the Jags and five pounds yeah. on the Bengals. It was 90 to one. So my, I'll wow. get back um, 400 and something pounds. I think I get back. Let me have a look. So I'd get, I'm looking at it now. So I would have, I also bet on Derek Henry MVP. I can see here. But I can cash out for 140 quid, but I can also, my potential returns from a £5 stake are £455, which I think... That is incredible. Was there any reason for that whatsoever? I don't actually remember from the bet on, if I'm honest, I don't actually That's remember. Hilarious. When I... Were you drunk, Andy? Were you in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of said the exact same thing in part one. Um, I don't know. I probably was. I mean, I did. I do these bets every year in terms of the, I bet on the eight division winners. I bet on a few things like MVP um, and other factors when this, before the season starts. So I must have just picked two random teams who were high odds and just gone for it. I don't actually remember when I put it on or why I put it on. And I will... Um, put evidence of this on our Twitter page once the bet's been complete. Um, Cause I think that's a pretty good, pretty good. Um, hopefully a good night on Sunday. If, if they do win now, then a hundred percent. Although, do you know, who's the only person who will be happier than you. I said this on the Nat Coombe show on Ed Trush earlier today. Ooh. So all of the money, a lot of the money, has been going on the Rams. Like a lot of the betting, the high betters have been backing the Rams for obvious reasons. You can understand why we can get into the matchup in a bit, how much of a mismatch there is up front in this game. But someone has the balls, Andy, to put four and a half million dollars on the Bengals to win 
the Super Bowl. He's put $4.5 million at Caesars Palace to win the Super Bowl to return $7.7 million profit. Oh my I mean, God. who is that guy? I asked whether it was Nat when he was drunk or whether he, he had been doing something stupid with that BBC money that he's been making. But no, I mean, I don't know who that guy is, but he has much bigger balls than I do. Maybe it was um, Chad Ochocinco, maybe. He seems like a... Yeah, true. Player. That's actually not a bad shout. That's actually probably not a bad shout at all. Yeah. Or is that all this most, the most diehard Bengal fan who's just got more money than sense? But, um, I don't yeah. know if anyone in Cincinnati has that amount of money. That's my thing. It's, it's just like, yeah. oh, right, Cincinnati, Ohio, it's, it's not exactly like the most palatial part of America. It's not exactly like there's loads going on there. So I find it hard to believe that there's someone with just a spare four and a half million dollars to put on Cincinnati Bengals just to make the game a little bit more entertaining. Do you know what I think it is? Also, he must be really gutted the year he leaves, they make it. Maybe AJ Green's trying to make the game a bit better for himself, maybe trying to um, make up for the fact that he's not going to be there after a year of leaving. That is a great shout. The other person who it could be to make up for the fact that they left was, uh, do you remember William Jackson, the safety who left the Bengals and he joined Washington this year? He was one of our yes, best defensive yes, players last yes. season. And do you know what he said in his opening interview when he oh, joined no. Washington this season? Oh, no. He said, he said, I'm glad to be out of Cincinnati because there is a losing culture ingrained in the franchise. Oh, no, that is... He must have got that every day. He must be really regretting that statement. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. I mean, it's hilarious. It's one of those statements that surely everyone would have forgotten about very, very quickly. But it's just one of those reporters obviously remembers him saying it and has brought it back up as soon as the Bengals looked like they were going to make the Super Bowl or even had the chance to, to make the playoffs. So, yeah, William Jackson, maybe he's put that amount of money on just to, trying to <laughs> soften the blow of what has been a rough year for him for various reasons. No more so than because he's going to have to wear a shirt next season that has Washington Commanders on it, which I think is a ridiculous name for a franchise. See, I've not, I've, I've, I might be the only person that actually doesn't mind this name. I've seen a lot of people, I know Chris Milner of NVL, he's obviously shown how annoyed he is. And a lot of people are annoyed at this name, but I actually don't mind it. Um, but I, it's, I don't know. It just, it, I don't really get it. I don't really see the point of Commanders. I just think it, and it, it sounds a little bit like, I think I've seen someone tweet this. It sounds like the alternative name if Madden lost the rights to the NFL. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? For the game. Like that's kind of what it feels like. You know what it has on the like the Red Devils or the the yeah, the Red Devils they have on Pez back in the yeah. day or something like that. That's well, what it kind of feels like. It doesn't sound like a real American football team. Or even the um was it the FIFA, the new FIFA thing, is it PMN? The Juventus was it Piemento Calcio or something? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Piemento Calcio. <laughs> and speaking of the commanders, actually, where we're based in Radio Row is bang next door to the official Washington sort of football team, their media um, personnel. And someone who came along today was obviously Ron Rivera, the head coach wow. yeah. of the Washington football team. Uh, sorry, Washington Commanders, I should say now. And they're obviously, all of the media personnel are dressed head to toe in Commanders uniform, really trying to increase familiarity <laughs> with it, trying to promote it. Ron Rivera, I have to say, not wearing one piece of <laughs> kit that has Commanders on it. He was still just wearing everything basic, just the W, nothing that had Commanders on it. So maybe that gives you an indication that he isn't as big a fan of Commanders as us. Maybe you are, Andy. Well, I, I will say, even though I'm not, I don't mind it so much, I think I prefer Washington football team, if I'm honest. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I think we all do. Even though yeah. it's a ridiculous name for a football team, I think it, it, we all prefer Washington football team. Yeah. 
Um, but let's head to the game itself. Obviously, yeah. uh, the matchup, the big, obviously, the big talking point is, of course, that defensive line for the Rams up against that offensive line that infamously allowed nine sacks against the Titans. Um, I think run defense is a big thing for the Rams. I mean, we saw the Bengals run a lot on their first down. A lot of first down, you saw the Bengals run with Joe Mixon. You very rarely saw uh, Joe Burrow pass the ball. So I'm not sure whether they'll go for the same tactic in this game that they did against the Chiefs because the Rams are very good on the run defense, especially. Uh, but their passing defense was mid, sort of middle of the range in the regular season. So I think that's obviously the way they're going to try and win the game. The Bengals through, you know, the, the hands of Joe Burrow and the, the arm, the hands of um, Jamar Chase as well. Uh, but I will say, I think for me, the Bengals have shown a lot of character in this playoffs. I mean, look at the, the Raiders game. They probably got a bit lucky with the, you got a bit lucky with the refereeing call. But I think, look at the Titans game. Uh, I mean, to win to win the game, despite being sacked nine times, uh, I think shows a lot of character from this defense. And I think being 21 to 21-10 down at halftime, and then that defense really showed up in that second half. They really did well to stop the Chiefs and they changed their game plan completely and just completely neutralised Helen Kelsey. So I think that's what the Bengals are going to feel confident of a win because I think they've shown they can come back from adversity, they can come back from any defeat and I think as long as they have Burrow, I think they can win this game and obviously the Rams have got a lot of pressure on them. They've got the home advantage, they've got the, the bookies' favourites, they've got all the players, they've got the OBJ Cooper Cut, Matt Stafford, they got Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, all these big names. But I think the Bengals, for me, have shown a lot of courage, and I think that has to be taken into account in this game. But what are your thoughts going into this game, Ollie? Oh, Andy, it's a it's a real it's it's a real it's a real tough one. I have to say, I was speaking to Nat about it earlier, and I just said that my main issue is is that I find it so hard to read because I'm so heavily invested in it. I usually look at I look at American football games and I try and analyze them going into the week, whether I'm on talk sport or the Nat Coombe show. And I try and analyze them impartially and I find it quite easy to do so. Um, Cause I don't really necessarily have that much affiliation with any other teams apart from the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cincinnati Bengals rarely have been relevant, especially at this part of the season in recent times. And I think the one thing I think everyone's underestimating and you've said it perfectly here is the character that the Cincinnati Bengals have demonstrated and no one Everyone is still focusing on Joe Burrow. Everyone is still focusing on Jamar Chase and the capabilities of both of these players. But what people aren't identifying and what people aren't speaking about personally, I don't think enough, is this Cincinnati Bengals defence and specifically Lou Anarumo, our defensive coordinator. The Bills passing defense the Bills defense as a whole was by far statistically the best in the NFL this season especially in the regular season the Kansas City Chiefs put up 40 points on them 44 points on them and made them look absolutely abject especially in that second half when they were a little bit tired the Kansas City Chiefs don't get me wrong absolutely torched the Bengals in the first half it looked like it was going to be a seriously long game for me it looked like there was absolutely no chance I would be here watching the Bengals in LA Yet, whatever happened at halftime, Luana Rumo completely changed our defensive scheme. He completely changed the way that we approached the Kansas City Chiefs. And the players bought into that. The players were keyed into what he wanted enough that they were able to make that change succinctly and very, very effectively. And in back-to-back games, and back-to-back games, the Cincinnati Bengals have kept the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, the best offensive trio in the league. I think everyone would admit that to three points 
in the second half, in back-to-back games. And I don't think anyone is focusing on that enough because when you look at what the Bengals were doing earlier in the season. Defensively, they were still working themselves out. We had a lot of free agency pickups. We had Mike Hilton from the Steelers, Trey Hendrickson from the New Orleans Saints, Chidobe Awuzi from the Cowboys. All of these players were new to the Bengals team. They were new to the system. And naturally, it's going to take time for them to learn it. It's going to take time for them to develop the chemistry to be able to play together. I think what we've seen in the playoffs is this defence really come together and really establish themselves as a high-quality unit. They may not have the stars that they have on the Rams side. They don't have a Jalen Ramsey or an Aaron Donald, who everyone talks about week in, week out. But what they do have is unity and a general understanding of what they need to do and what Lou Anaruma wants of them. And no matter what Cooper Cup does, no matter what OBJ does, no matter what Stafford does, I have full faith that Luana Rumo will be able to work out what the best way it is to stop them. And I think that they will have the capability to do so. I think they have the capability to cause Stafford problems. We all know it's the most exhausting narrative of the week that Stafford has a boneheaded mistake in him, that he has mm. a pick in him. And I think we will be able to take advantage of that, unlike what the 49ers did. So I think defensively, we can actually perform a lot better than what people are thinking going into this. I mean, look at, look at our results from the playoffs so far. Like, everyone's still talking about Burrow, as I said. Everyone's still talking about Jamar Chase. But we kept the Chiefs 24 points, 21 in the first half. Raiders, 19 points after they just absolutely talked the charges the week before. Titans, 16 points. We haven't scored more than 27 points in this playoff so far. And everyone's talking about our high-flying offense. What we, The reason why we're here is because of our defense. That being said, there, it has to. It, it can't be got away from that. There is arguably one of the biggest mismatches we've probably seen in Super Bowl history in recent times on the defensive front versus our offensive line. Andy, our offensive line, specifically on the right hand side, is I'm going to put this bluntly trash. It's not very good. <laughs> and sadly, when you've got Leonard Floyd, when you've got Von Miller, and when you've got Aaron Donald, that is undoubtedly going to cause us a lot of problems. So that means if we're going to score any points whatsoever, Joe Burrow has to have the game of his life. He has to be Joe Cool. He has to be whatever nickname you want to call him. He has to be ice cold. And it means that our wide receiving unit, where I think the one mismatch we have on the offensive side of the ball for us is that I think outside of Jalen Ramsey, the Rams are quite weak in the secondary. They're not very tall. Their average, I don't think they've got anyone taller than 5'11 outside of Jalen Ramsey, who's six foot two. So if they do put Ramsey on Jamar Chase, or if they do put Ramsey on T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Higgins or Chase will feast as a result of that. We have more depth in our wide receiving core than they have in their secondary. And I think that's where we can exploit that but at the same time, if Joe Burrow doesn't have the time to throw, if he is getting absolutely hounded by this incredible Rams defensive front, then we could that could spell serious trouble. But I think both offenses, despite being seemingly the the units that everyone's talking about going into this, with Stafford and Burrow obviously being the main focal points, being the quarterbacks, but I think it's going to be which defense performs the best who's going to win this game. I think you're totally right. I mean, Trey Hendrickson has got. Um, 27 and a half sacks in his last two seasons in the regular season. He's had two and a half sacks in his playoff run. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that defense again has been really good in this postseason, particularly in the second half of every game. But I do think as well it comes down to um, 
which backup receiver is going to be the best. I mean, I think both teams are going to double team the likes of Cooper Cup and Jamal Chase, but I think then it'll come down to who performs better, either OBJ or T Higgins or Tyler Boyd. So I do feel in that sense, you could argue Bengals have the edge because they've got that third. I mean, Van Jefferson's actually yeah. quite a good receiver as well. So he, he is a bit banged up. Then. He's on the injury yeah. board. That's yeah. true, yeah. So maybe he won't play. I mean, there's that tight end. I think he's got the really long name beginning with F. I can't remember his name. Maybe he'll have a have a game. I don't know, but yeah, it's tough. Um, so we are going to end this podcast with our predictions. This is the final part of the pod. Um, but now down to the crunch time. We've had Hannah's prediction in part one, so we can have your prediction now, Ollie, in part two before I give mine. Oh wow. Okay, I am going to go with. I have to, Andy. There's no way that I'm yeah. going to go with a Bengals victory. I'm going to go 24-21 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Does that mean a McPherson um, last game winner? Yeah. Game winner for Evan McPherson. Evan McPherson is going to score the winner. It's going to be a 58-yarder. He is going to be Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> and he's going to tell Joe Burrow that he's going to win in the Lombardi Trophy just exactly. for kick as well. Exactly. <laughs> right, now it's time for mine. I mean, I've been back and forth the whole time. I do think the game we won 27-24, but I can't pick... My head says the Rams. On paper, they should win, but my heart says the Bengals. Yeah, I've been, a lot of people are like that, I think. I've been saying a different thing. I went to an event on last Tuesday with um, Hannah Wilkes and Jason Bell, and... I said the Bengals, but I'm going to go with my head and I'm going to say the Rams. My head's been turned in the last week. I just think, I just think that O-line will have, will be one game too far. I just feel that it's just going to be maybe one step too far for the Bengals. And I, I, I would love nothing more for the Bengals to win. I really would want them to win. Cause I think that, um, you know, they've been such a franchise of, it been such a pain that franchise last 20, 30 years. I would really love for that city to win their first Super Bowl. It would be amazing. I just think I just think the Rams home advantage. Um, you know, it feels like their time. You know, I love McVeigh. So I, if they if they do win, I'm not too upset because I do love the likes of McVeigh. And I like the way OBJ's proved me wrong and a lot of people wrong this this season since joining the Rams. So I'm gonna go for a 27 to 24 Rams win. I mean, I can't hate that pick. They're the bookies' favourite for a reason, Andy. It makes complete yeah. sense. And if the Rams do come away with the victory, I will be gutted. But at the same time, at the same time, I'll take respite in the fact that there are fewer people in this league who deserve a championship than Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. What Matthew Stafford gave to that franchise in Detroit for so many years, the fact that as a rookie quarterback, he played with a dislocated shoulder and finished the game and attempted to give his all to that franchise. He loves this game. He is a brilliant, brilliant quarterback and he's been absolutely sensational in this playoffs. And I always think that one of the few one of the few issues with the NFL and only having one championship that everyone's going after is it does mean that some of the greatest players don't reach that peak and there's nobody who deserves it more than Aaron Donald. He has consistently been one of, if not the best defensive player in this league year in, year out. He is an absolute monster and he deserves the Super Bowl. And the thing that scares me the most, Andy, is those photos of Aaron Donald sitting on the sidelines when they lost to the Patriots, despite keeping Todd Brady to only 13 points. And Aaron Donald looking at it and saying, I wasn't able to do as, do as much as I could in this. And I think he is going to be incredibly motivated going into this game. He is going to want to make sure and that the Rams come away with that Lombardi trophy and he's going to do every single thing in his power to bring it home with him. And that is a terrifying prospect for any offensive line in this league, let alone one of the worst. 
Yeah, I think he has. A, <laughs> I think he has the potential with that O-line as well. I think he has the potential to really get, have that Super Bowl MVP. I do think if this game yeah. is won through the trenches, I know the quarterback normally wins it, but I think if the game is won through the trenches, like it is, like it could be in this game, I do think that Aaron Donald could be. I think Matt Stafford will still still get it because he'll still he's a quarterback. But I do think if they do win this game and Aaron Donald has a really good game like he normally does, I do feel that he could win it. Um, you look at great players in the past, defensive linemen like Reggie Wayne, you look at Warren Sapp, Michael Strahan, but I do think Aaron Donald could go down as one, one of the best, if not the best, defensive linemen of all time. I really do yeah. think, obviously, Lawrence Taylor's one of the best defensive players we've had in the history of the game, but I do think Aaron Donald, I think the way he's going in his career, if he gets that ring as well, I think he'll be definitely considered by many when, he, when his career's finished to um, be one of the best ever in that position. 100%. I think I completely agree with you. And the thing is, if you're going to be one of the greatest of all time in your position, maybe in the league as a whole, you, the least you deserve is a Super Bowl trophy just to kind of put the uh, icing on the cake, if you will. And yeah, he, I would be more than happy. And obviously Cooper Cup as well. I mean, Cooper Cup has broken as many records this season as... I think most wide receivers have in a lifetime. So the guy also deserves it and it would cap off one hell of a year. Yeah, I do think with the MVP, I do think that if they, if they take into account regular season and playoffs, I think he is the winner for me. But I think they normally yeah. vote just for the regular season. I think Aaron Rodgers will win it for that matter. But I do think that Cooper Cup, if they do take into account playoffs, I think he is by far the, the undoubted MVP of the, of the league. But I do think Aaron Rodgers will win it tonight. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers will do, but I think they should just give it to Tom Brady, shouldn't they? Just give him something. I think they could. deserves it. Yeah, they could yeah. just give it to him. I think it's just at the end of the day, otherwise they're not going to be able to celebrate him for retiring. Because I don't think they're going to do it at the Super Bowl because I'm taking it away from no, Tom yeah, no. Matthew Stafford and what they've achieved to get to that point. So I, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks Tom Brady might bring it home tonight, but I could be proved wrong by the time of the morning. To be fair, like, he's got the most passing yards this season, I believe, the most yeah. touchdowns as well, and he's I've done it at 44, and I do think that that playoff loss for Rodgers has an, might have an impact. I don't know. So maybe they'll... Yeah, I think Tom Brady could do it for the fact he's done it at the age he has, and it could be more like a celebration of his career as well, sort of giving it for that reason as well. And Rodgers has had a controversial year all in all. I don't think anyone's going to complain if he doesn't get it. Yeah, I think his old vaccine status may, yeah. may deter people from voting for him. So... um do they do, do they, it's the same way as with PFA? Do, do players vote for this, or is it like sort of? Yeah, so I think it's players, writers, everyone gets involved. I think it's like a, right. a mixture of different people with relevance in the league who make the decision. So, yeah, who knows? I think Tom Brady will definitely get the, um, the public vote at, at this point. Yeah, for sure. For, for most fans, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe not Green Bay fans, or maybe not. Uh, I don't know. What fans hate Tom Brady the most? I guess Jets fans, Dolphins fans. Yeah. yeah Bills fans. Colts fans, maybe. Colts fans, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Peyton Manning might not be voting for him. <laughs> so that has been part two of our Super Bowl um, preview. So thank you, Ollie, for coming on. Thank you very much, Andy, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, my man. No problem at all. And here's the exciting part. I have gathered some sound bites from famous NFL faces for the end of this podcast. So do, starting off with Matt Stafford lover, Marek Larwood, here are our famous NFL faces, two bold predictions. Uh, 
Hello, my name is Marek Larwood, and I predict that Matthew Stafford and the Rams will beat the Bengals 17-13. Put £1,000 on this. Thank you. This is Richard Graves. I've covered the last eight Super Bowls. I've been lucky enough to be on location for seven of them. And I just love this matchup heading into Super Bowl 56. From the star names, the star power of the Los Angeles Rams, to the team that pretty much everybody outside Cincinnati wrote off before the start of the season, the Cincinnati Bengals. On paper, the Rams seem to be the stronger team, but this game isn't one on paper, it's one on the field. And what we've seen in the playoffs is that no matter how many hits they take, these Bengals players find a way to win games and I think they do this Sunday as well. I love the exuberance, the youthful nature, the talent on the team. I'm going to take the Bengals as underdogs to win in LA on Sunday, 28-24. The Bengals lift the Lombardi Trophy. Hello, everyone. Jasmine Begovich here from Everton Football Club. And I am super excited for the Super Bowl this coming weekend. The LA Rams hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and my prediction for the game will be that um, the LA Rams will win 24 to 16. So I'm hoping for a good game. Let's see what happens. Chris here from NFL Enzone and NBL. I think that the LA Rams are going to win 28-20 this Sunday against the Bengals. Yes, yes. Here I am as I live and breathe. Big yarns. Shout out to Andy for bringing me in my Super Bowl prediction as follows listen I'm here for the Matty Stafford redemption tour alright too many years spent in Detroit doing nonsense alright I understand Cincinnati with their two year turnaround incredible as a Baltimore Ravens fan problematic but we don't need to get into that give me 34-27 to the LA Rams Matty Stafford gets one into the books. Joey B, get him again next time, big man. You've got many in the tank. This is Jeff Reinbold from Sky Sports NFL, and I'm here to give Andy Davies my Super Bowl prediction. I think we're going to get a great game, but I think the Rams just have too much firepower on offense and on defense for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have had a great season, but I see the Rams winning this one. 30-24 in a great football game from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And again, Andy, thank you very much for giving me an opportunity to weigh in on the Super Bowl. Aloha.